All right, now let's open up our Bibles to Daniel chapter 5, and we're going to go through today Daniel 5 from verse 1 all the way to chapter 6, verse 28 together. So let's dig in. Verse 1, King Belshazzar made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in front of the thousand. Belshazzar, when he tasted the wine, commanded that vessels of gold and of silver that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, we know we see the relationship, had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem, be brought, that the king and his lords, his wives and his concubines might drink from them. Then they brought these golden vessels that were in the house of the Lord and had been taken out of the temple. The house, the God of Jerusalem, his lords, his wives, and his concubines drank from them. Doesn't sound like the best plan. They drank the wine and praised the gods of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. So basically they drank And they praised false gods. You don't necessarily do smart things when you drink. Verse 5. Immediately the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall in the king's palace opposite the lampstand. And the king saw the hand as it wrote. The king's color changed and his thoughts alarmed him. His limbs gave way and his knees locked together. Imagine seeing a hand start writing on your wall. I'd be freaking out too. So the king then called loudly to bring the enchanters, the Chaldeans, and the astrologers. The king declared to the wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and shows me its interpretation shall be clothed with purple. Remember, that's a sign of royalty. So in other words, you're going to be looking royal and have a chain of gold, again, wealth, around his neck and shall be the third ruler in my kingdom. So elevated to more power, a substantial position. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read it because they were of the world. They don't have the understanding of the word of God. They could not read the writing nor make known to the king its interpretation. Then King Belshazzar was greatly alarmed and his color changed. His lords were perplexed. The queen, because of the words of the kings and the lords, came into the banqueting hall and the queen declared, O king, live forever. Let not your thoughts alarm you or your color change. Now we're about to see the queen talk about something. She's going to be talking about a specific person here. And we are going to be seeing some important things here that you're going to be known for your character and you're going to have a reputation that is going to go before you in life. So it matters how you live. It matters what you do. All right. So let's take a look now in verse 11 and let's see what it is that the queen shares. There is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. In the days of your father, the light and the understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father. Your father, the king, made him chief of the magicians and enchanters, Chaldeans and astrologers, because an excellent spirit 
knowledge and understanding to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve problems were found in Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called and he will show you the interpretation. So here she's saying, this is what this man is known for. He worked with your father. He was known for this. Let's call him. Then Daniel was brought before the king, and the king answered and said to Daniel, You are that Daniel, the one of the exiles of Judah, whom the king, my father, brought from Judah. I have heard of you, that the spirit of the gods is in you, and that the light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men, the enchanters, have been brought before me to read this writing and make known to me its interpretation, but they could not show me the interpretation of the matter. But I have heard, I've heard your reputation, Daniel. I have heard that you can give interpretations and solve problems. Now, if you can read the writing, Make known to me its interpretation. You shall be clothed in purple and have a chain of gold around your neck and shall be the third ruler of the kingdom. So you're going to have honor. You're going to have a position of authority. You're going to have wealth. He's offering. Then in verse 17, then Daniel answered and said before the king, let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to another. Nevertheless, I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. Here, he's not reaching for the money. He's not reaching for that. I'm not about that, king. Give it to somebody else. O king, the most high, God gave Nebuchadnezzar, your father, kinship and greatness and glory and majesty. And because of the greatness that he gave him, all the people and nations and languages trembled and feared before him. Whom he would, he killed, and whom he would, he kept alive. Whom he would, he raised up, and whom he would, he humbled. Now that is also a reputation. That was a reputation of the king. But when his heart was lifted up, his spirit was hardened, so that, circle, he dealt proudly. He was brought down from his kingly throne and his glory was taken from him. So because of how he acted, because of how your father lived, I'm telling you, king, because of the previous king and what he did, he and his glory was taken down. He was driven from among the children of mankind, and his mind was made like that of a beast, and his dwelling was even the wild donkeys. He was fed grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, until he knew that the Most High God rules the kingdom of mankind and sets over it what he will. So in other words, until he realized who the real God was, he had a hard time. And you, his son... Belshazzar have not humbled your heart, though you knew all this. In other words, you knew all of this. You should know better, but you didn't. You didn't follow. You didn't listen. But you have lifted up yourself against the Lord of heaven and the vessels of the house have been brought in before you and you and your lords, your wives, your concubines have drunk from them and you have praised the gods, the false gods 
of silver and gold and bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which do not see or hear or know, but the God in whose hands is your breath, and whose all, or whose are all your ways, you have not honored. Then from his presence the hand was sent, and the writing was inscribed. And this writing that was inscribed, Mene Mene Tekel Parson. And this is the interpretation of the matter. Mene, God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balance and found wanting. Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then Belshazzar gave the command and Daniel was clothed with purple. A chain of gold was put around his neck, and a proclamation was made about him, that he should be the third ruler of the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, the Chaldean, was killed, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom, being about sixty-two years old. Your lifestyle matters. Your lifestyle and what you've learned from generations before you matter. Because here we see a king should have known better because of the experiences of his father, what he would have heard, what he would have seen, what he would have learned at a young age. Let's continue with chapter six. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom and over them three presidents of whom Daniel was one to whom the satraps should give an account so that the king may suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished over all other presidents and satraps because of an excellent spirit that was in him, and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the presidents and the satraps sought to find ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they couldn't find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful. It's hard for people to find things when you are good, when you are faithful. They found no complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error and no fault was found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in his connection with the law of his God. The only thing that they could find that they could try to use against him or to blame him for was God. He lived so clean. All Then all these presidents and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. Suck up. Live forever. All the presidents and all the satraps, the prefects, the counselors, the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god, any god, or man, for thirty days, except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now the king established the injunction and signed the document so that it cannot be changed, according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and injunction. 
When Daniel knew about the document that had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber, open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees and prayed three times a day and gave thanks before his God, as he had done previously. We see a really great principle here. Here, when this new law came, here, when this thing had happened that should have caused harm for Daniel, that could have really hurt him, that could have really caused him to go worry or panic, he didn't change who he was. He still was good and faithful. He still loved God and served God. You see, our circumstances shouldn't change our relationship with God. We should love him no matter the laws, no matter the season, no matter the good, the bad, or the ugly. We remember who he is and what he's done, that he has been good and faithful. In verse 11, then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before God because it was known. This was who Daniel was. This is what he did. He wasn't going to change. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction? That anyone who makes petition to any god or man within thirty days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Here, they were looking to entrap Daniel, and also to trap the king. You said this, you signed this, you have to follow through. The king answered and said, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said to the king, Daniel, who was one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel, and he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. He didn't want to follow through. He didn't want to do these things. He didn't want to have Daniel put in the lion's den. He was just, he had an oh no moment. But then these men came by agreement to the king and said, No, O king, that it is a law, Medes and Persians, that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Then the king commanded Daniel and was brought and cast into the lion's den. The king declared, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid at the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet, which in the sight of his lords that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Then, at the break of day, the king arose and went in haste. He rushed over to the den of the lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. Here he was struggling. He didn't get any sleep. He was worried all night long. And now he's ready to find out. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, 
live forever. My God has sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths, and they have not harmed me, because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. You know, protection is going to come when we live right, when we follow, when we honor God, when we worship him, when we obey him. Because he was blameless, he was saved. And that's something we need to remember for our lives. Verse 23. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted God. And the king commanded that those who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions. They, their children, and their wives. Decisions we make do not just affect ourselves, but they affect those closest to us, our family. And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones into pieces. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in my royal domination, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues his works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth he who has saved daniel from the power of the lions so this daniel prospered during the reign of darius and the reign of cyrus the persian you need to understand when you are living right when you are worshiping god when you are honoring him and just following him you can be successful in any situation. You can be successful in any circumstance. You can be successful wherever you are. God's got you. This is something that we can hold on to in our heart and into our life, that if we just live right, God can help us and take care of the rest. A great thing for us to remember as we open up our hearts and worship the Lord some more.
everything I've been through. New Testament passage, let's please all open up our Bibles to 1 John chapter 2 verse 18 to 3rd chapter verse 10. Let's start. Children, in the last hour, which we are all in right now, waiting for him to return, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know it is the last hour. There's signs. There's things pointing us to the coming back of the Lord. Verse 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. They would have stayed. They would have not walked away from us or walked away from a relationship. But they went out that it may become plain that they all are not of us. Now these are people who leave. These people who walk away were never really part of the family. Were never really part of the body of Christ. They went away. They walked out. They turned their backs. But you have been anointed by the Holy One and you all have knowledge. I write to you not because you don't know the truth, but because you know it and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has a Father. Whoever confesses the Son has a Father also. You can't have one without the other. You know the Father because of the Son. You know the Son because of the Father. They go together. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. Don't listen to the other stuff. Listen to the Word. 
And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life, heaven bound. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. There are some of those out there. There are some people out there who are trying to deceive you, who are trying to pull you away from your walk with God. This is what he's talking about. But the anointing that you received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything, and is true and is no lie, just as it taught you, abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. You're born again. You are different. Everything is different now. Now let's take a look at chapter 3. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we shall be called children of God. So we are. Amen. We are children of God. The reason why the world does not know us is it did not know him. You can't know us if you didn't know the Father. Beloved, we are children of God now. We will be, and what will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we will be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. We need to live clean. We need to just live right, the Bible is saying. You know that he appeared to take away sins, so in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. In other words, you stop. That relationship that you have with him, of him as your Lord, of him as your Savior, stops you from continuing the lifestyle of sin. You go on changing. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. That's not real salvation. Little children, let no one deceive you. Now that's reference again to chapter 2, verse 25. So we see this mention again. Let no one deceive you. He's repeating this teaching. Hey, stop it. Don't let there be anyone out there who could be manipulating you, who could be deceiving you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Nothing new there. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. So because God's seed is in you, because you are his children, you don't go on keeping on with the sin. Because you were born again, because you have him in you, the sin is to stop. It's not to keep going. By this, it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. So 
There are children of God and there are children of the devil. It is clear and it's clear by the lifestyle. It's clear by the actions. Is there sin involved? Are we talking about a lifestyle of corruption? How are you known? What is your life like? Did you stop? Are you clean? Are you pure? Do not be deceived. These are all things that are coming out here over and over again. Now, as we get ready to wrap up our day today, in our devotions, we see some really important things this morning. Our lifestyle matters. Take a look at Daniel. As he lived, he was known as this honorable man who loved God, who served him, who worshiped him, who was clean, who was honest. Here we see in 1 John chapter 2 and 3, don't be deceived. You are going to be known as either a child of God or a child of the devil. If you are a child of God, then you don't keep on sinning. Our reputation, our lifestyle, how we are known is very important. Let's remember that as we go about our day, as we go about our weeks, our months, our years. And let's live a good and clean and pure righteous life. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you today. Father, we thank you for your word, which gives us understanding. Lord, we pray, let us have the characters of Daniel in us. Let us have the characteristics that he has, Lord God, that Lord, he was known for serving you. He was known to be blameless, to be honest. Lord, as we see in 1 John 2 and 3, Lord, we want to turn away from a lifestyle of sin. Lord, we want to be known as children of our Heavenly Father. Lord, we realize that in knowing you is to stop sin. So Lord, if there's things in our heart, if there's things in our life that we need to be letting go of, Father, help us do so. Point those things out to us. Father, we don't want things in our life that are going to lead us towards sin. that are going to pull us away from a relationship with you. Lord, we do not want to be deceived. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your teaching, Lord. As we go about our day, Father, let this word continue to burn in our heart and burn in our spirit. As we go about today, we also pray, Lord, let your hand be upon our government. Let our medical professionals, IATF directors, Department of Health, and other government officials make smart and wise decisions because you will help guide them, Father. Lord, we thank you for the blessings and the hand of protection, Lord God, that are upon us. That, Lord, you are keeping sickness and disease far from our household, Lord. Lord, we come and we say thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Lord, you really are an amazing Father. We cannot stop worshiping you and thanking you enough for who you are and what you've done. We come today, we give you honor, we give you glory, we give you praise, and we say thank you that you are our Heavenly Father, that we get to be your children. We worship you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I hope you have a fantastic Saturday, and I so look forward to seeing you in God's house this weekend. Have a great weekend. Take care. God bless.